How's adult life? I can. How's full time adult life? I haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> I'm still like living off of everybody. <laughs> what would you guys say the age is like where you're fully adulting? Just like a phase going to. I don't think you're ever fully adult. Um, I think you're like fifty-two, maybe. Huh? I think I think my mom is just getting there. I think my mom is just finally understanding how to be an adult. I'd like to welcome everyone to another episode of the Let's Get Podcast. I'm your host Zeke, and in this episode. I have the host of the podcast room, 3228. You can find this podcast on all major podcasting platforms or by clicking the link in the description below. I'd like to give a content warning for any trying language used in this episode. I hope you have a nice day and enjoy the show. All right. So, I want to welcome guys for coming on the podcast. Hello. <laughs> Sorry for having us. <laughs> no problem. So the first question I always like to ask is, what would your origin story be, and how would you like to represent it? And like to go first. Okay. Hi, my name is Chanel. Um, I I would say my origin story. Is, oh, I'm sorry. Hi, I'm Chanel, one of the girls from Room Three Two Two Eight podcast. Um. <laughs> And my origin story would be, wait, can I be a superhero or like my real origin origin story? It can be made up. Okay, my real origin origin story. Okay, so I come from an island, and there was like an attack on the island, and I ended up being oh, this is gonna get deep. I ended up being kidnapped and being taken to the states, and then from <laughs> from there, I have gained powers. Like when when they when they took me, I was in like a a ship with cats and while I was on this ship I ended up getting cat powers and that's how I became like a cat woman pretty much yes. and now I fight evil in New York City with my cat powers oh. yes nice. <laughs> that was a comic a movie video game everything all together <laughs> <laughs> the whole franchise yeah so who's going next? Mm, I mean, I can go next. Um, yeah, I know it's hard to follow up to that, but you can try. <laughs> that was quite the story. Really, we should just end the podcast there. I know. <laughs> um, okay, so my origin story. I'm trying not to go too far back. I'll give too much detail because that would go on forever. But I was born in 1998. Um, <laughs> that's such a random detail. I was born in um, and I moved to the United States when I was nine years old. I was born in Zimbabwe, and then I lived in Seattle, I lived in California, and now I live in New York. And then years and years passed, and then I met these two lovely ladies, and we started a podcast together. <laughs> and that's my life story. <laughs> okay, I can be next. Um, What's your superpower? Oh, my superpower. Um, damn. Can it be something? Oh, fuck. Um, my superpower is that I can always tell how people truly feel in a situation, even if they're not saying it. Ooh. 
I can read people's energy very well, like okay. virtually and person. But the superpower I wish I had is invisibility. Sam, I was gonna say that. Okay. <laughs> now you can go ahead, Anne Marie. Okay. So my name is Anne Marie Gaidosh. I'm from Staten Island, New York, but my family is from Slovakia. And oh man, I didn't make it fun, but this is my real story. So this Your is real like, story is fun. <laughs> um, I recently graduated from Roof College, and at Roof, that's where we decided to form our podcast, Room Three Two Two Eight. And it was a great experience for the three of us, and we're kind of taking it to the next level this season. And so we're happy to be here. My superpower yeah. is that I can teleport. Yeah. That's, is this a superpower that you currently have? Yes. Did I not tell you? Zeke, kick her off the call. <laughs> She's lying. Kick <laughs> her off the call. So Chanel can have cat powers, but I can't teleport. <laughs> but she has mustache to vouch for her. Who's gonna vouch for your teleporting girl? Just one moment. Did you see that? <laughs> okay. I apologize. I apologize for what we have. Okay, Zeke. So now that we told our origin story, like what is your origin story story like? What powers do you have? Like, what do you tell your guests? Well, usually, it's, um, if it's like real, usually somebody who's kind of adaptable, just adaptable to each situation. Somebody mm -hmm. who didn't have much, but like was able to outthink and think one way through. In terms of like superpowers, usually want like, there's either between like super speed or like the Green Lantern Ring. The Green Lantern yeah. Ring, anything you want. Either the Green Lantern Ring or super speed. Mm -hmm. sure. Just to do that, but like in terms of like like superpowers I have like in real life is usually like just meeting people and becoming friends with them, or like yeah. like not you can say like teleporting because like I'm always around, everybody's expecting to be there, and then my friends thought I had clones in the school because every time they see me, they'll see me somewhere, and then ten minutes later they'll see me in another place, and it's like how do you get here so fast? I, I can definitely see that being That is so true, Zeke. He would, he would, yeah, you were everywhere. You knew everyone. He had, like, somebody yeah. working night shift the day shift. <laughs> Every day. But I feel yeah. like the thing that you were talking about, like, being able to become friends with people is, like, a CUNY kid skill. Like, if you want to make friends, if you go to CUNY, you have to be able to, like, force yourself into people's lives in a way. True, but I don't think everybody at CUNY has that skill. Yeah. True. I think people want to have that skill, but not many people put the effort in. Because I feel like even at Baruch, there was a really small community of people that everyone knew. Right. And a bunch of other people. Yeah. People who like just go to school, go home, go to school, go home. This is true. This yeah. is true. But this is if you want to survive and thrive at a CUNY as well, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because some people, they barely survive. <laughs> <laughs> But if you're sociable, you definitely thrive, I would say. That's something I do that. And I was like, nice. Look at I found this one. I found this power. Yeah. So you guys have a pie. How many clubs were you part of, Zeke? Clubs I was part of? In terms of in terms of yeah. being on the board, only two. Femcode and Lasso was like only the board. But like in terms of I was friends with, it was Acidone. Last old Femco, I was cool with the Bingo Dash Association. 
Um, I tried to do conversation partners a couple times, but it wasn't really working for me. Then, um, what else? Yeah. East uh, Ecuadorian Club. And then a bunch of other ones. My brain's blinking right now. Yeah. Hearing you talk about them makes me miss it so much. Is it woman? No, no. I mean, like, the physicality of it. Like, being able to see people aside. Because I, I don't, I really don't think I'm ever going to, like, log into a Zoom club meeting or something. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't feel the same for me personally. I, I like, thrive of human contact and, like, being physically mm-hmm. there with people. But I think there's still people who are, like, fully participating and enjoying it, which I totally respect and understand. I don't think anyone's enjoying it. <laughs> enjoying, but I don't think people are actually enjoying like, it. forcing themselves to enjoy it. Yeah, that's the one thing that I miss about college the most is like the social element and learning, I guess. But wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I've been out of college for what a year and a half now. That's crazy. How's adult life? I can't. How's full time adult life? I haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> I'm still, like, living off of everybody. <laughs> what would you guys say the age is, like, where you're fully adulting? It's like a phase you go into. I don't think you're ever fully adulting. Um, I think you're like, 52, maybe. Huh? I think, I think my mom is just getting there. I think my mom is just finally understanding how to be an adult. <laughs> maybe. After like, being married. <laughs> I don't know, in terms of understanding how to be an adult, I don't think you'll ever understand completely. I feel like people are still just going with it, trying to figure it out. I don't think you ever have it all together. Mm. Yeah. What about you, Zeke? When's your, what's your adult phase? Do you, are you in your adult phase yet? I say yeah, because I just realized like, that most adults don't know what's going on, and I don't know what's going on. So I kind of felt like, yeah, I'm an adult now. I'm just kind of figure out what's my foothold. Mm. Get that, yeah. It's hard to say. Yeah. Maybe, like, maybe that's it. What did you say, Chanel? Sorry, babe, it's a little laggy. I oh, know, sorry. I was saying, like, I think that's what adulting is, like, realizing that you don't know what's happening. <laughs> like, Just, like, constantly being yeah. confused by the reality of the world. I think I yeah. I feel like I'm finally like starting to adult now that my mom like makes me like those appointments and like do all the things that she used to do for me. That's kind of like where I'm like, oh, I'm not really a kid anymore. Which sounds foolish because I'm like twenty something and I still need my mom to make my appointments for me, but I don't think it's foolish. I think everybody needs help. Yeah. My favorite thing about my parents or favorite is um they'll help me like they'll be like okay they'll help me with things I don't need help with but then in terms of like stuff I don't know how to do like I don't know how to call like the doctor and make an appointment which apparently I should know how to do they're like just go do it on your own and I'm like can you show me how (laughs) that's the one thing that I realized it's like I don't want one thing I don't know my doctor's name I don't have his number I don't know anything about this man because I've had somebody else be in charge of it for so long. So I'm like, oh, that's where he works and that's his name. And that's what he does for me. Yeah. 
Be like a meme. No. <laughs> I lost my I lost my my license at the beginning of quarantine. And I was like, I was so stressed because I was like, I don't know how to fix this issue without my parents' help. So I literally went like six or seven months without an ID and I just got my license like a week ago. I need a new one too. Mine expired. You need to learn how to drive, Anne-Marie. That's the key. Why would I need to learn how to drive? I'm going to live in Manhattan. Yeah, but it helps to have that skill, love. It's not worth my time right now. (laughs) And it's really fun. It's an incredibly fun thing to do. Until you get into an accident and kill somebody. No. <laughs> Hopefully, if you got your driver's license, you won't have to do that. You've never <laughs> and been if you drive responsibly. <laughs> yeah. Driving is kind of scary, though. Oh, my. But on the thing with the doctor's note, it'd be like the meme where you still, like an adult, with your parents to answer the questions to the doctor, like, what's wrong with you? You know, your parents like, hey. What's wrong with me? <laughs> like, don't know your own body enough to speak for yourself. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Yeah. It's a lot. I don't think it's a lot. But it's exciting. I feel like the pros of it outweigh the cons. Like, I love that I can just wake up and go and do something on my own and, like, spend my own money or, like, well, not spend my own money because I don't like that, but, like, go <sighs> wherever I want, really. Without having to be like, oh, can you take me here? Can you do this for me? Or what time will you be home? And all that stuff. Like, that part about being a kid really was crappy because it's just like your life wasn't really your own. But now you can do whatever you want. You can go to another country, go to France and live there if you want to. Like in two years, because right now there's a pandemic. But until then, we can can dream. True, true. Yeah. Yeah, I think the pros of being an adult outweigh the cons. For sure. There's times I'm just like, I miss being a child, but like, I can do what I want. I'm like, exactly. Like, you can be a child as an adult as well. You can buy yourself toys <laughs> as a 20 something year old and live your best life. You buy yourself yeah. as many Legos as you want, not just the ones your mom would buy you if you're a kid. That's <laughs> true. But now you need the money to buy the Legos. Exactly. And you don't have time to play with the Legos because you got to earn the money to buy the Legos. Yeah, this is true. Okay, I'm gonna like try and discreetly grab my charger because knowing me, I'm never prepared for things, so my computer's gonna die. But I won't leave the frame one. No, I was thinking about like um, like having to feed yourself. I think I seen something where it's like uh, like as an adult, like you can't. No, you have to think of yourself like as a parent as well. Like you're the parent of your of yourself now. So, like, you can't just be feeding yourself, like, candy and chocolate all the time. Like, you have to make sure that that you're, like, putting nutrients into your body and making sure you actually survive. Right. Yeah. Also, you can buy yourself unlimited candy. (laughs) There's two kinds of adults in this world. Chanel and Andy. I feel like we're both responsible adults, but we're responsible in different aspects. So, if you combine the two of us in terms of responsibility, we'd make the perfect adult. True. True. It's a healthy balance of fun and structure. And fun. <laughs> Another layer. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> adulting's annoying. But What's that? It's a, it's a, adulting's annoying. But, yeah, I guess. 
But what, what, what would you say, like, what makes you adulting now? Like, what has confirmed it for you? Like, does the, the phone calls to your doctor or is it something else? Um, I think more, like, like, all jokes aside, it's more of, like, a state of mind. Like, when I start to think of myself as an adult, I can almost start to live my life in that way as well. So, like, you're saying, Chanel, about, like, making sure you're not only eating sugary stuff and all that stuff and all, like, the bad things for you like knowing that okay maybe i should have broccoli with my dinner tonight or something like that but then also like time management which the girls know that i'm horrible at so you guys, i don't know if you know that i'm bad at this but it's my weakest thing um and being adult has like forced me to you know be more responsible with how i spend my days so like not sleeping in until 2 p.m anymore on the weekdays because i have to work you know and get things done before i go to bed or before the day's over that for me is like what adulting is it's like more of a state of mind as it more than like an age thing because there are people who are like 17 and really have their lives together and i would consider them adults because they're like doing what they have to do and they're taking care of business and all that stuff but then there are people who are like in their 30s and still are like not adulting yet there's no shame just like i think it happens at different phases for different people Mm -hmm. i think adulting isn't about having your shit together although that's what most people who are adults think they need to have i think it's more about finding ways to be true to yourself and also find ways to survive at the same time it's like this scary phase in your life where you don't know what you're doing but you have to know and so you're kind of just like trying things and making mistakes along the way Mm -hmm. so for me being an adult is being able to Try new things and also be okay with making mistakes at the same time because it's inevitable um, and it's really scary. But at the same time, um, I think it's more about like overcoming those fears. Yeah. My grandfather and high school told us that once you be like, you learn how to be a 10 year old when you're 30, and you learn how to be a 30 year old when you're 40. Like, you're always no! trying to catch up. Oh, don't tell Anne Marie this. Do not tell <laughs> That means we already wasted our youth. Youth is wasted on the young. <laughs> what? Because <laughs> we didn't know how to be teens, right? Until we became older. Oh, like, like you didn't make the most use of your time. Yeah. That is so true. I think it first, but now it makes sense. Yeah. I wish I could do my teen years over again. I didn't. I wasn't crazy enough. I wasn't crazy enough. What would you do if you could do it again? I think I would I would have been less scared to like go out on adventures like grabbing the car, going to like the beach or having like that getaway weekend. Like I seen a lot of my friends doing it that lived in like upstate and stuff. But like I never I don't know, I was too cautious. That was the thing. Mm-hmm. But I think I don't think you should regret the way you spent your teen years because I think if you hadn't spent them a little bit afraid to do those things, then you wouldn't realize now how important it is for you to actually experience those types of things. So I think Mm -hmm. now you know that you should go out and grab a car or a bicycle, whatever you have in France, and go on like a mini adventure on your own. And you wouldn't have realized how important that is unless you had had those prior experiences. Mm -hmm. That's true. And also you're Mm -hmm. still so young, girl. 23. I know, but I just, I just would have had more time to do it. Just more craziness. That's yeah. it. We I don't now. regret it. It just start today. Yeah. My biggest. Yeah, no, I'm doing, it. I'm doing it now. I'm doing it now. Just like I just had more time. Like, wish I knew more. My, I think my biggest fear is like my twenties coming to an end. 
because I always, always hear people talking about how much they miss their 20s. And I'm like, I'm in it right now. Like I have to make the most of it, but I also don't want to put too much pressure on myself to like do things that, I don't know, maybe that I can't afford to do yet or that I'm not ready to experience in my life. But at the same time, I'm like so nervous that my life will fly by. I think people always say that, especially once I graduated, I was like, damn, I miss my college years. Like people always regress to their college years. It's like a pretty common uh, theme or stereotype, I guess. Mm -hmm. But I don't think, I think every time we hit a new decade, it's gonna be like, damn, I wish I spent more time doing whatever in this last decade. No, just experience it now, Um, do what you can experience it and I don't think we should be comparing it to anything else yeah just like live it as it should be yeah although it's so hard with COVID right now it's so difficult I I feel like my years are being thrown away just take them take them that's that's the thing that I was so bummed about when we had to quarantine is like we're all finally 21 we all like are making some kind of money so we can actually have like a decent night out and not just like drink it fits. <laughs> and that's- I love drinking it fits. I, I love drinking fits, but I mean, like now we can have like elegant nights out at a rooftop kind of bar, you know. But now that's not even an option because you can't go out and do the same thing as easily as you would have pre-COVID. So that's what's bummed me out the most about quarantine is just like not being able to enjoy doing things. I don't want to say what I'm going to say because that's I don't want to go on record saying. <laughs> See, we have to cut that out. Cut out my last, just what I, my last three sentences. I remember. <laughs> He's about to release the podcast straight like this. <laughs> but yeah, at moments I just like, I'm like, this sucks. Like literally it just sucks because it sucks so bad. But hopefully this vaccine will wipe it out or it'll wipe us all out. Well, a vaccine won't completely solve the problem. It'll just make people feel better about it. Because a vaccine is not like, okay, you don't get a vaccine and then you're immune from COVID. Isn't that, no, isn't that true? Because that's how it was with the the flu. It's not 100%. It's it's because the flu has so many different strains. So they get the most common strains. So it may help you against like, let's say you have strain A, strain B, strain C. If you get strain C, it may help you get strain A and B, but it's not 100%. Interesting. People seem like, to think a vaccine's gonna come out and then everything's gonna be better and then we're just gonna reopen everything. That's not the way it works. There's no one all situation. I mean, but is it not? Like that's what happened with the influenza. So why not? With they, yeah, but not that. That's millions. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm, I'm not gonna like. Not everyone's gonna be better, or it's gonna be 100 percent better, but it's, it's gonna be better. Like that's the idea. Like. We wouldn't have to be trapped in our houses and quarantined for it. It's like a state of mind. Like it makes you at ease. Like okay, there's something. It's like I don't want to say a false sense of security, but it's a sense of security that okay, cool. There's a way to prevent it at least. Exactly, because so many people still die from the flu every year. So many people. It's still yeah, a problem. but not as many as the people who would wouldn't die because they didn't have the vaccine. Exactly, but it's not like, like people. Like people seem to think they're gonna get the vaccine, right? And then they can die from COVID. Oh no, I, I know that that part of it's not true. Like definitely, if you get the vaccine, it's not guaranteed that you won't get it. But I mean, in terms of being able to be in environments with other people, 
I think that's people's biggest hope is like once you have the vaccine, it's less risky for us to like go out to brunch and all, you know, be sitting closer to each other as opposed to now when we don't have anything at all. And it's like, you just have to have a strong enough immune system to either not get it or to be able to fight it off. And that's pers- that's like my hope with the thing is like, I don't want life to go completely back to normal because I don't think like going clubbing and stuff is going to feel safe to me until it's like been maybe another year or so. But just like being able to hang out with my friends and not be like so scared that somebody has it or like to take off my mask and stuff. That's the phase where I want. I'm hoping it'll be by next year. I was watching. Yeah, but... Now go ahead. No, go ahead. You. No, no, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It does matter. <laughs> no, I think it's, <laughs> I was just going to say like getting the getting the vaccine isn't the same thing as getting a cure for it. Like getting a vaccine is to build immunity for it from like whatever the strand is. So not that like, like if it's just about false security, then us doing this in the first place wouldn't make sense. Like, and then like us leaving the house after the vaccine comes out, wouldn't make sense. So I I don't know. Does nothing make sense? I think that both of you have good points, but I also think when I think about the vaccine, I think about how other people will interpret it. So once the vaccine is created, people are just, most people will just assume that it's like, okay, well, life can go back to normal now, right? Like it's this false sense of security that now there's a vaccine, so things will be 100% better. That's not the way it works. Like they're still going to have to like test the vaccine, develop the vaccine, like especially as more strands come across, like they don't know what the most COVID strand is yet. So it's like a process and a work in progress. And I think a lot of people don't quite understand that. I'm not particularly saying YouTube, but I think overall, it'll just be like this false sense of security for the overall public. Like the media won't report on it as much, which is also like a huge problem um, in terms of like spreading fear. And then just also, I think just there's there hasn't been much talk about um, programs for people's mental health. I think that's another huge problem coming out of this. It's kind of like, how are people that are suffering from like depression, anxiety going to react to like life? returning and like people thinking like can return like 100% to normal like how are people going to react to being in big crowds to having to go do all these things they thought they couldn't do for almost a year um it's also a, a huge issue yeah I mean I know we're going to move on from this but I just I'm just really confused why like this just seems like a new thing when it's happened in the past before like we've known what's happened in the past and I just don't understand why we just don't do better like has it ha- has it ever happened like, to scale what, the like flu- literally the spanish influenza like <laughs> but i think most yeah. of us weren't alive for the spanish influenza so that's why people are kind of confused right so i think it's like one of the biggest pandemics to hit our generation and then also um i'm not sure if this is how the spanish influenza was but i was talking to a couple of my friends that are nurses and i said the scariest thing about covid is that usually when you get a disease when you recover from it, you have antibodies and the antibodies are supposed to stay in your system for a long time. But with COVID, they wash out within like a month max. So that's one of the things that was scaring people is like they can't treat it because the antibodies are going away. Yeah. And so it's mm-hmm. not, like, you're not building up an immunity to COVID. With the Spanish flu, it was like your mm-hmm. immune system was overreacting and then you drowned in your own like mucus and everything. That's what happened mm-hmm. there. Also, to anybody watching this, we're not scientists or nurses. I hope what I'm saying is accurate. Like, I've, I've read, like, factual sources and stuff, and I have, like, some primary facts, but... 
Don't take any, anything that we say seriously, y'all. This is all just we're like a. It's like just what is it? Everything we've said. What is it? Uh, Google MD M MMD. What were you like? If you like have like a blue tongue and you Google it and then oh, like, this one site comes up, yeah, WebMD. Yeah. Like, <laughs> for your WebMD. <laughs> I'm dying. I'm dying. I'm gonna be dead tomorrow. <laughs> like literally. Yeah. Like I said, false on marketing major. I'm not a doctor anytime. Anyway. <laughs> Disclaimer, please do not sue us. <laughs> yeah, do not drink bleach. Like, you don't need to do any of those things. Oh, no. Just, like, slightly change it so it's not so sad. What is everybody's thing they're most excited to do once life goes back to normal? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, the fact that there's a court order for me to stay in my bed and not do anything. Yeah, I know you've been living your best life in this quarantine. So I'm. I know people have lost a lot, and I'm sorry, but I get to stay in my bed. So I, I guess seeing coming back home, I, I'm just coming back home. I guess. Yes, I will. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Huh? Uh, I'm definitely most excited to travel. I think that for me, it's been really difficult during quarantine because. I've felt like I can't do the things that make me me. I can't travel, I can't go out, I can't experience new things in person. So for me, I'm not, I don't want to sit in bed all day. Like it's just, it's not good for my mental health. And so I'm just excited to be able to go where I want freely and not be afraid or like get anxious in large crowds around other people. My goal is like, so hopefully I'll apply for law school this, the end of this year. And then all of like 2021, or at least like the first half before I start law school, I'll just like travel, just go from like country to country and explore. Mm. And make up for lost time. Although I do want to say one thing, even though like I've been trying to make the most of time so it doesn't feel like lost time because you can never get time back, right? So I think the one thing I've been really appreciative of is since I'm at home with my family, I think I've spent more time than ever with my family. And I think for a while, um, not that we were disconnected, but we didn't have as much time for each other because life is just so busy. And so I think it's been nice to kind of reconnect and be able to spend time with my family because I know that as we get older, we're only gonna have less and less time for them, right? Like as we like, I don't know, get married, get move out, do whatever, we won't be in such close quarters again. So I think it was nice to be able to reconnect with that aspect of my life in my mid 20s. Early 20s? I would say early. Still early 20s. 20, Medicine to like 25, 26. Yeah. Yeah. But you can have it. It's okay. No, I don't want to be in my mid 20s. Thinking back to the early years. <laughs> no, I didn't think that's it's 22. <laughs> when should oh, I was 23. What is that? Oh, sorry. I thought you were going to say something, Anne Marie. No, I just went almost 23. Oh. No, I was going to say when, I think it was Chanel or Zeke was talking before about being like in your teens. I feel like it's weird, but, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I keep having like horrible brain farts. Just forget it. Somebody else go. I like, my mind goes completely no. blank. No, you always do this. You have to finish your thought. I can't. You have valid things to say and you need to express them with us. Bruh. <laughs> Okay, we'll come back. Zeke, what are you looking forward <laughs> after COVID? I'll just make money. 
like making well go see the squad, see the friends, hang out them more often. But then Aww. also making money. Yeah. Should I go get that bag. <clears throat> nope. What is making money for you? I wanna know. <laughs> what are you doing to make money, Zeke? <laughs> I wanna do it too. <laughs> <laughs> like you're doing scams, you're doing telecom scams, you're doing Hey, no, no. You the record saying that. We do not know this man. I do not know this man. I mean, but I don't know this man. are, like, looking to scam, I think, like, COVID is the right time. Okay, that's... I don't know this. My friend about it, and, like, people who scam... Just, do not scam anybody, especially the elderly. Do not scam anybody because of COVID. Do not. Please do not scam the elderly. Please do not. <laughs> you will go to hell. You will burn. Also, they're just some of them are nice. Like, just let them be. You know, I don't want to be scammed when I'm old. Just let me yeah. live my life. But like, I don't think people who scam realize how big of a risk it is. No, they do. That's why they scam. No, I think people scam because it's like it's easy money. Like you can just have whatever you want. Like that. But they definitely scam. realize the risks associated with it. I don't. Some do some don't. That's why it's so bad, especially for, like, credit cards. I don't think the majority of them realize how bad the risk of it is because of how how many risks they take while they're doing it. Like, some people scam numerous people, and by numerous, I mean, like, 10 plus at once. Because, and because people do it so often and so many people do it, it feels like a normal thing that they'll never get caught for. But if you get caught scamming, it's <laughs> Chanel's just, like, disapproving. <laughs> Like, yeah, I've been scammed time. before. I've been scammed. Yeah. Multiple times. Yeah. Story. <laughs> it was um. It was so I used to do like um, back work, back, like being the background of movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. Extras. Yeah, I used to be extra. <clears throat> and there's a like a website you would sign up to to do this work, and on this website they would also have people like um telling you like oh like i'm a part of this agency a part of that agency and i'm going to send you some money and then um cash a check no yeah i was dumb i was stupid i did it no that's the and only the bank, in the book i know i know and the bank called me they were like chanel um yes please and then the cops got involved and other people got involved and i was like You're yes right. <laughs> yeah when oh. <laughs> i got got i got got when did this happen please tell me it was like in high school yeah this is in high school oh my god oh my god i thought it was college <laughs> no i was like girl, I no. thought it was like, yeah, like a week ago i got this email <laughs> no <laughs> it's funny because i was checking my emails and somebody else emailed me too uh, like a very similar situation and i was like nope i know what this is oh thank you i knew better it's like the most common mm-hmm. scam like in the early two thousands, it was yeah. a really big thing. Chanel got that. Mm-hmm. I got I that. Think, yeah, there's like this company. Um, you guys have probably heard of them. They like sell knives. <gasps> yes. Yes. Right. Right. And they said I had, I had a friend. <laughs> Wait, almost, they almost got me. They like send you a letter saying because they know that you you're you turn sixteen and you're the legal age to work. So they send you a letter at your house and they're like, oh. Are you looking to make extra money? <laughs> and then they like, t- it's a, cu- a cutlery, cutlery, right? That's like knives and shit. Yeah. And they send you it and they're like, oh, apply for this and come for the training. And I think they ask you for your credit card information as well. So then they give you a bunch of like knives and forks to sell and you go door to door selling them. I almost, because I was so broke. I was like, I might do this. 
And then I applied for it and everything. And my mom was like, what are you doing? You gave them your credit card no. number? No, I didn't give it to them. But I went to go for the training. And then I think after the training, you give them your credit card information. And my mom was like, do not go to that. I would have been concerned at the training they were going to kidnap you. <laughs> like, that's too much more. That's too much work. That's too much work. We don't got the resources for this. <laughs> I was like, because the thing is, the letter, and, like, think about being 16 and really broke and, like, wanting to make money. The letter is so convincing. They're so welcoming, the way that they write it. And the thing is, other people that I knew were also getting the letter, so I was like, oh, so this is, like, a collective, like, youthful thing that people are doing. No. I would sell knives door to door. Yeah, who did you know that was going to buy cutlery from you? My neighbors. You were just going to walk around selling them knives? Yeah. <laughs> Literally, yes. Zeke, did you get this letter mm-hmm. in the mail? No, nah, I never heard of this. Yeah, yeah same. You guys are the lucky ones. What boroughs do you guys live in? Brooklyn? Uh, you must have missed your house, Zeke. <laughs> no. I never got this letter, but my friend, he got the knife set and everything, and he was selling the knives, and he definitely upped his, his salespeople's skills during this, and my mom was considering buying a knife from him. Damn. There were some nice knives. It was legit. It wasn't some a scam. Nice I don't know. Because the thing is that he ended up quitting later and saying that it was Girl, you're going to have to say that whole sentence again. So, oh, all it probably that. was a scam. But he did get some knives out of it. We missed your whole time. Why? Did I say it wrong? Is it my internet? Yeah. Okay. I'll give, I'll give the short version. I had a friend who, ha- who had the knives. And the knives were nice, but I'm pretty sure it was a scam still. Yeah, I feel like... I you feel get that part? Some, yeah, we got it. We did. There has to be, like, a part of it that's legit, because then nobody would do it. So, obviously, they're able to send that many letters, and they are people that are, like, falling for it and, like, being successful, I guess. Just because you can still make money from it doesn't mean mm-hmm. it's not a scam. What? Do they, it's just because you mm-hmm. you make money from it doesn't mean it's not a scam. No, I'm saying that the reason that they're still able to do it, like still in business, is because there are people who are still, you know, giving into it. Yeah, of course. It's a scam. Yeah. Gotta love <laughs> a tasty scam. But yeah. That's just like, it reminds me of how in quarantine, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but there are a ton of people on Instagram that were like joining pyramid schemes. Mm-hmm. That was like the number one trend. I think there was one... Um, it was like hair care and beauty. It was called Monet or something like that. And everybody in Staten Island was like getting in on this, not realizing that it's literally a scam. It's a pyramid scheme. Like oh. we we're all selling these like products and they were all becoming like influencers on Instagram selling Monet products. Yeah. Speaking you of know how many people reached out to me about like being an influencer on Instagram during quarantine, I was like, this yeah. is a lot. I don't have enough followers. Yeah. They don't want me. This is like, this is me. And then if also, you click on their things, like the person who sent it to sent it to you isn't the person who actually like uh whose company it is. So I was like, mm-hmm. yeah. Wait, my dream. Oh my God. Yeah, that's so true. What? Now that you say that, you know when like you experience something mm-hmm. But you think you're the only one that experiences, so then you somebody else says it, and you're like, "Oh, this didn't just happen to me." What you explain is exactly that for me right now, because there's this girl who's like DMing me, and it seems so legit. I 
I won't even lie. I gave it to her. I was like, oh, yeah. I was, like, talking to her and everything. And that's exactly what she was doing to me. What do you mean? Can you explain in more detail? She was, like, she was this girl, like, trying to promote a business. As if, I guess, she worked there or, like, mm-hmm. they, they should be an ambassador for them. And so she was, like, trying to get me to, um, I don't know what exactly what she called it, but trying to get me to be a part of, like, helping sponsor them or something. I don't know. Whatever. And it seems so legit because, yeah. like, she had a full Instagram account. She had, like, a good following. She didn't seem scammy at all. And the company that she was talking about was legit as well. So I thought, like, oh, this is real. But now that you mm-hmm. say that, one, I don't have enough followers for somebody to be DMing me like this. Mm-hmm. And two, yeah. it's also, like, it was so random. And she didn't, I don't know. Just you saying that clarified it for me. It depends. Yeah, so you can always check the, the company. You can always check it on the Better Business Bureau. Um, if you Google it, or Business Bureau, I forget what it is. I think it's BB. Mm-hmm. Uh, you Google it and you put the company name in and it'll tell you like if the people have like reported it and if it's a scam, if it's actually like something you're mm-hmm. interested in. But a lot of the things are scams. Also, like if it looks like they have a good following, you have to look at their engagement. So you can buy Instagram followers. You can also buy likes. But if all the posts, like for instance, if you see an account and they have like 40,000 followers, but they're only getting like 50 likes on each photo or less, mm-hmm. that's not legit. It's probably a scam. And they probably just like bought followers. No, because I'm looking right now so I can show you guys. But she, like, had comments of, like, people that yeah. were definitely her friends and, like, legit people commenting. I'm going to send this to all of you, Zeke. You can fuck <laughs> it up, too. It might be legit. It might be legit. It I mean, might be. Like, it looks was it's, she asking you for money, though? No. She said, um, hi, I just want to follow up with you to see if you're interested. She, oh, she DM'd me a while ago, and I deleted it because I was like, she's just wasting my time. But what did she want? She was trying to get me to... Uh, I don't even remember. This is a lawyer right here, just like client. Give me more information. I need more. <laughs> but her Instagram looked like pretty. Li- I don't want to expose her though. Should I just do it? No, don't. Yes, expose. you should expose. Yeah, okay, no, don't expose. Okay, I'll show you. I don't know how to do it without showing you too much. No, just read us the message. Don't tell her as her name. Oh no, no, I deleted our thread, but then she messaged me again after, and she was like, "Hi, I just wanted to follow up with you to see if you're interested." Interested in what, Anita? In the pro- I, It was like. It was an Instagram account for people who, I don't know what it was. I completely forgot. Oh, she tagged it in here. International loops. Oh, God, this looks so fake. <laughs> it looks loops? so fake. But then she has another thing in her bio that doesn't look loops. It does look fake. They both look fake. It's probably a pyramid scheme. So the way the pyramid schemes work is that they attract people. I mean, that's not the main feature, but they're attracting people who seem legit because they are legit. And they just keep making more and more like legit people fall for the brand or for whatever the company is saying. But even sometimes for pyramid schemes, like the products might be solid, but like the goal is to keep looping more and more people in. So usually you have to pay a certain fee to get like some sort of product or something to be introduced into the program. And that fee is like non-recoupable. And then you end up having like a sales component where you have to sell stuff to other people. Yeah. That's probably what she's doing, right? Ooh, freshman year, somebody tried to get me to a pyramid scheme. We're telling me and everything. And I was like, oh, this is a pyramid scheme. They see what my friends did. Okay. And I was like, oh. So yeah, me and that person, that was a joke. I was like, all right, I don't trust you anymore. <laughs> like you've been okay, okay. Yeah, some- okay, I may be, I may be wrong. I may be wrong. Okay. So this person, according to Amory's, I don't know, bullet points they have about like thirty six thousand followers and their engagement's pretty high they get about like 
a good 300 likes for per photo but why would they be interested in me like that's the problem well okay so first what are they asking you for my address that's the one your home address but did they tell you they want to send you something and then ask for your address yeah what they said they want to send you Peach slices? The fruit? <laughs> it has to be some like skincare thing. What's the company? Peach slices. <laughs> <laughs> Janelle, don't do it. Even if it's legit, don't do it. This is sounds it's, so it's too late. It's too late. This was sent to me in May. Usually the the only but thing is if they're asking you to pay something, then it's not real. Like, if you're an influencer, they'll send you products for free. Like, that's usually the way it works when, like, brands are okay. legit. They'll send me something. But, like, I won't pay for it or anything. And they just ask for, like, promotion or they'll, like, pay for the sponsored post. Yeah. But if they're not asking you for money, it could potentially be legit. Um, mm. I don't know. I'm not really sure. I'd have to look at the brand. But I feel like there were so many scams that came mm. out of quarantine. There were, like, three that I kept getting. So it was, like, the influencer scam. Um, then there was, like, a sh like, the sugar daddy scam. I kept getting so many messages about that. And then the third one was, like, just, mm -hmm. like, religious people telling me, like, oh, like, if you're looking for Jesus, like, blah, 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 like, here, like, here's, like, our support group. Like, you will come like, find me. <laughs> That's crazy. Bro. I've never gotten any religious spam, which I'm kind of offended by. <laughs> I realize you're too far gone. You're, like, not, yeah. the, not her. Yeah. <laughs> Mm. But now that we're talking no, about it, I got into one. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, I'm gonna change the subject, so it's up to you. I was gonna ask a question. No. Yeah. No, go ahead. I was just saying that because I didn't want I wanted you to finish getting your thought out. Oh no, I was just gonna say I got into one religious scam, I guess, and my pastor was there and he got upset with me. That was it. He he realized I didn't read my Bible enough. Your pastor was in on the scam? No, he was just standing next to me while I was being scammed. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Okay, maybe you could change the subject. No, I want to know, Zeke, have you ever been scammed? It's almost, it's always almost. So, um, time, the time, we're working on my internship, I got an email, like, I need your help with something. Like, I met so many people at the internship, like I didn't know it was a real person or not. And I was also sick, so I wasn't very paying attention. Then I got the you know, my phone number and I was like, okay, now I go to the store and get seven hundred dollars worth of like Google Play cards, which are uh, which are um, um what you call it? Staff account money. I was like, what? Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, this is a scam. I messed up. Yeah, it's almost, it was like when you put in like two ounces of effort and then you can sniff it out because like yeah like damn maybe it's a good thing that none of well hopefully none of us are gonna get too you know famous because we will get robbed so bad i mean i was also sick and tired that day so i was also no, i'd be healthy and still out here getting scammed <laughs> <sighs> Mm -mm. Damn. But what was your question, Nita? What were we gonna change it to? Um, I was just gonna ask. Um, 
Like, aside from getting potentially scammed, how else have you guys been spending your quarantine? Because I'm just thinking about it. Like, I just realized it's Sunday, and I used to have such a good routine on Sundays, but now all my days just kind of, like, breeze past me. So I'm trying to, like, figure out what other people are doing to, you know, keep their weekends exciting and stuff. Just finished Spider-Man and Miles Morales. That was a fun game. Sorry, say that again? Just finished Spider-Man and Miles Morales. What's that? Oh, wow. Spider Man, uh, it's for the PS, it's a PlayStation exclusive. It's supposed to be like a launch on the PS5. I don't have a PS5 yet, so like, I don't mm-hmm. have enough money for it. But I have a PS4. It's like, uh, open world, open third world Spider Man game. Continuation mm-hmm. of Spider Man PS4 from 2018. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now that you bring that, I have a question. Do you, do you recommend the PlayStation or the Xbox? Because I really am interested in getting one or the other. Uh, I have to look more into the PS5. I don't think the PS5 can have a PlayStation. I've been having a PlayStation, so it's just easier to continue my account. But like, most people would say PS5 because they have more games and more exclusives compared to the Xbox. Xbox, Xbox? Yeah. But in terms of like being able to play it, which one is easier? Because I know the basics of playing video games, but I'm still like a very much an amateur. Uh, that depends on the game because the controllers are. I'm used to the PlayStation controller with the joystick or like the same spot instead of like Xbox with the joystick on the top. Mm-hmm. Um, D-pads at the bottom. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much like the same. It's the same concept, but it also depends on games you want to play. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to be a gamer. Mm-hmm. It just seems like such a cool vibe. Like you could just sit in your basement or wherever you're sitting and just be in a different world and be really good at it. Like that, that shit seems awesome. Can't you just do that right now? No, because that's real life. I have to do, I mean, like, fictional. <laughs> I want to be able to just, like, sit on TV and be, like, amazing at a, a game. You can also make so much money. Some right. games make a ton of money, like, on Twitch. What the hell is Twitch? Because Sam was talking about it yesterday, and I was just like, yeah, I know that what that is. What is Twitch? <laughs> With um, the game streaming, so it's, like, I think it's the number one market share is owned by Amazon. Um, wow. So pretty much people play video games and let people watch them. And so a lot of times competitions are hosted on Twitch, like they um rejected. But it's it's more than games now. Now people do music, um do drawings, and stuff like that. T Pain's on there, Logic's on there. People get paid to like have people watch them play video games. Yeah, it's usually like do donations or like sponsorships. Like companies will sponsor you, but like, hey, play a game. For this hour, and then we pay you money, or like, you know, or um, Twitch has commercials, or, like ads on their thing. And people can subscribe to the Twitch channel. Yeah. For, like five dollars. Interesting. You also have to be good at it to get paid. Like, not everyone who watched like posts a video of themselves like playing <laughs> is gonna get like a million dollars. Like, it's not the way it's gonna work. I'm okay. I mean, um, you know, but <laughs> thinking about just joining and being so bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> it depends, like, it depends, like, this, or probably reason why people watch, like, a lot of people watch, like, if the person's good, then they want to see how, why they're good and get better themselves, or if the person has a good personality, and they're very entertaining, then you want to be part of the entertaining part of it, just want to be entertaining. Mm. So I just want to make sure I understand, like, so I, I get, I make a Twitch account, and then, like, say I'm, say I'm pretty good at this game, or no, say I'm, like, okay at the game. But I have like a great personality and like cracking jokes or whatever. I can get paid for doing that. Yeah. 
This it's too easy to you got the personality. It's too easy to make money in this world, guys. Why don't we have a Twitch? We could be like an interracial global Twitch account. You realize like this is the same thing we said about the podcast and we made like three whole dollars from it. <laughs> what am I getting what am I getting my money though? That's the question. What am I getting? What am I getting my dollar? We got to this. We're making money out here. You can make a whole three dollars. And Anita's one of those people who's like, I've got a, the next million dollar idea, and then she'll start doing it, and she's like, Ah, it didn't happen fast enough, and then she's like, Next thing. Literally, I, and I think that runs in my blood because my brother's the same way. Like he'll start so many different things, and then he'll just stop. He's like, I'm over this. Next thing. This also like, yeah. is he still doing his podcast? No. I feel like, oh, sorry. Moving on. Go ahead. But, like, but that is some of the part where you just have to keep working and find your angle because there's so many channels. And also, mm-hmm. you have a lot of people play the games that are like popular at the moment. So people are like, oh, follow them and then they do their own thing. Or they, do they, or they mm-hmm. have a specific type of game that they play. Because I won't do it because yeah. I'm just quiet during playing games. I'm just like, either if I'm trying to win them, quiet and focus. If I'm not trying to focus, I'm just complaining about the game they're trying to find themselves on Well, I gotta find like, a balance. It's kind of confusing looking. I went on the website. It's like <clears throat> the layout doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> We're in the middle of the I know, but it's part of our discussion. <laughs> yeah, look on my own time. Sorry. I gotta go to the main to change to channel all the channels. If you can make the music, you can be playing video games. But just talking. Mm. A lot of times people just be talking. They um either friends while the stream's going on or they um talk to the chat. Mm-hmm. There's every that's what I appreciate about the world though. There's everything for everybody. You know, there's something so there's something yeah. for everybody. Like somebody probably adores this application and uses it religiously. I personally I don't think I ever would, but somebody really, really appreciates it. <laughs> I think a lot of people really appreciate it. You're making money. That's a great thing about the world. <laughs> then money exists? No, there's something for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I wish I was a gamer too, but for some reason, I always had this feeling that I had to choose to be like that person who was into games and into like robotics and like stuff like that, the things that were like nerdy, mm-hmm. or I had to be someone who was like, or I had to be cool. Like I couldn't, I couldn't do both. And I feel like nowadays, like that, those ideas are completely like, like intertwined, like the idea of being cool and being a nerd. I think that's something we talked about before, like having to feel like you had to choose one or the other. Yeah. But I think like nowadays, like that's where it is. Like people who are gamers and into like, robotics and stuff like that's looked at as cool now and all the people who thought they were cool before like where are you now like so I don't know I like how we're we're shifting perspectives and changing the boxes we create for each other hmm. yeah I agree I think it's like now being smart and stuff is like the end thing as opposed to, like, when we were mm-hmm. younger. Or even just, like, the way movies would p- portray it. The mo- I don't know if you guys watched, um, what's that movie? I think it's, is it Superbad or is it 
21 Jump Street or something. It's one of those movies where, like, the nerdy kids are always getting picked on and, like, the cool kids, you know, recruit them and make them cool. But now it's, like, being mm-hmm. smart is, like, has and should have always been the shit. Like, why, why was that never the thing? And I feel like with, like, you're mm-hmm. saying, with video games, like, people are always like, oh, those, like, the weird nerdy kind of kids. But, like, video games are freaking awesome. Should yeah. esports be considered real sports? Should what? No. Esports. Are they real sports? No, but I think that they should be respected because you can gain like skills, like what you learn from playing an esport, you can transfer into like a real game that you're playing, if that makes sense. Like the defense technique, how to move around the court if you're playing basketball or something. I feel like they, they can help people in that way. And I'm pretty sure athletes play video games and like learn stuff from playing it in that way. But I don't think that should be the only thing that you're doing to be active because <laughs> that's not a good option. What if it's like virtual reality? That stuff is hard. You gotta be like jumping all over the place, running around. VR is so weird. I don't think I'd ever want to try it. It can actually have really bad effects for women who are menstruating. Really? Specifically yeah. menstruating in virtual reality? Like, on your period and you use VR, um, you can get like really dizzy, like extra dizzy or like extra nauseous. It's like, like there are like... <laughs> He's like, what? <laughs> Look at Zeke's face. <laughs> He's like, what? <laughs> Wait, but that's really interesting. Yeah, I'm not sure if like newer updates of it has changed, but I remember when I interned at Google, that was a thing. Like when we were doing VR, they're like, oh, like if you're like women, like if you're um, if you're on your period or anything, like just be aware, like you might be a little extra sick or nauseous afterwards. Damn. Yeah. Is that on the box? <laughs> I don't know. I don't have one. Menstruating ladies do not play right underneath the pregnant lady. <laughs> no, you can't. Like you're gonna get. You're gonna die. It's just something to be aware of. Like you might get dizzier faster. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So now that you bring that up, do you think there? I feel like my head is gonna blow with things that I want to discuss. So tell me when to stop, guys. This is why we can't have random discussions because this is what happens. We keep we take over Zeke's podcast and we just talk for hours. You can cut us off at any point. Like, even if you want me not to ask this question, feel free. And I will stop. No, but I want you to ask the question now. Z, can I ask the question now? (laughs) Go ahead. It's like I didn't even give him a choice. He almost had to say it. (laughs) No, seriously, I won't ask this question. What? Why not? Because it's another off-topic statement. This whole thing is off-topic. There is no topic. There is no topic. Do you think that we're experiencing... An information overload. Yes. Like, yes. Like, I feel like that's such an important <laughs> and interesting thing to know. But at the same time, I feel like I know so many different things that like I'm constantly questioning if I'm living my life in the right way. Like all the time. Because yes. like, what if a year from now, this is wrong? Like what if I find out I shouldn't be walking, you know, up the stairs? I should be walking backwards or something. I don't know. You just, that's super random. But like, I feel like there's so many things that are constantly like, don't do this you should do this don't do this and like I think yeah it's something that so we actually did on room 3228 an episode with like a budding journalist um about fake news that's mm-hmm. something I we didn't get to discuss but something I was always thinking about is the fact that we have so many different news sources um yeah. obviously we're democratic in the United States so we can't like censor information but a lot of the sources are super biased or sometimes they're just inaccurate so how do we kind of limit 
the amount of sources or information that we're spreading out there, if it's not accurate, I think is really important. Obviously, I don't know what we can do in a democratic nation to do this because we're not communists and we can't just control and have one news source. I think the biggest problem right now is information inundation. So nobody really knows what's accurate and what isn't. And I think people are starting to not even believe facts anymore. And I think that was a really big thing with our last election, um, or actually uh, the election where President Trump was elected. Um, mm -hmm was the fact that, like, people just weren't, like, he was saying things that were wrong, but people just didn't believe that they were wrong, even though it was proven that they were wrong. So it's, like, where do you even go for information that's correct when you can't even trust, like, the leader of your country? And, yeah, I think it's definitely something that's really crazy to me is, like, some one day, like, something will be accurate, the next day it's not accurate, and then it's just, like, okay, like, I just don't know what to do anymore. Like, mm -hmm. how do I, how do I live my life based on this information when it's constantly changing? Yeah. It can be so overwhelming. I definitely get that 100%. Like, sometimes I'll just be looking um, at social media or something, and I'm like, I just need to take a break because I, like, I don't even know what am I supposed to believe. I don't know what's accurate, what's not. Yeah. So I always try to base things on, like, personal experience, which isn't possible in COVID because we're, we're supposed to be, like, social distancing and not really going out much. Um, so now it's, like, all you have is the internet. All you have is what you're seeing online, what you're reading, what the news is telling you. And so it's, it's very problematic at times. Yeah. I think also because it's so easy to share the information that you have access to with other people. So like we all follow each other on Instagram. So if I see a news article about something and I believe it's true, like I think that it's credible, I'll share it. And then now you guys will share that same piece of information. But like an hour from now, we can all find out that it's not true. But because we've already shared it with like a huge group of people, it's like now all this false information is existing in everybody's minds and like across a, a broad community of people. Yeah, and it's like people don't like to be wrong. So like, if I do find out that it's false, I'm like, well, you know, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, whatever. I'm not going to say that I was incorrect about this. Yeah. I think there's also this whole situation with this happening um, in the summer. I actually just heard about this. I wasn't privy to it before. I just wasn't aware. My boyfriend and Bill was telling me, have you heard about the Save the Children thing on Instagram? Did you guys hear it? Zeke, you know, right? Yeah, so basically there was this hashtag for this group. Um, I think it's Anon, that's how you pronounce it, or Non or something like that. It's like an anonymous group. Um, and basically they were going out and like spreading misinformation about things and they hijacked like the Save the Children hashtag to like combat like child trafficking. And it was around the same time that like Black Lives Matter was like gaining more and more traction. So a lot of like people who oppose Black Lives Matter were like jumping on this other trend about like having to like save children from like child trafficking. Even though like all these like, credible human rights organizations were saying that like the way like child trafficking is more of like an institutionalized issue it's not necessarily like people aren't just going out and like picking up a child from like someone's house and that's what these people seem to think was happening so like the hashtag on instagram was getting like hijacked and flooded with all these like um like canva made cool looking instagram posts that influencers were then picking up on the trend even though it wasn't accurate and so then recently Instagram actually blocked the hashtag. Like they, they made it so that you can see that it, like the information is inaccurate, but people still believe that this thing is, is accurate, even though it was based, it was created by like this agency or this, not even organization, organization, like an anonymous like chat board or something like that. Mm -hmm. So crazy. Like that's crazy. Nice. Like, that's insane. Hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people who believe that this thing is accurate when it's not. Like, I don't know if you want to touch on that. That's just so crazy to me. No, that is well, I'm confused because I do remember there being the whole situation with like Way Wayfair and with the oh the tracking cabinets. Yeah, they were like naming it after children that they were tracking trafficking. So is that the same? Is that the same thing? That's no. This is like a completely different thing. It mm. might be connected, but I doubt it. Again, 
I have to send you guys a video about it later. I was watching it. It was so crazy to me. I was just like, what? And especially because I think the people that I tend to follow are not, or tend to be like more liberal. So they weren't necessarily following this hashtag. Um, but then I started noticing like a couple of friends from Staten Island were posting about it. And like once the deal showed me it, I like started checking out the hashtag and I was like, holy shit. Like this is why the internet can be such a crazy place. Like back in the day, the internet used to be way more regulated when it was just like the initial like onslaught of the World Wide Web. So I'm really interested to see like what the next stage of the internet is going to be because right now we have too much information, but we can't censor information either, right? Because of freedom of speech. So what is the internet going to look like moving forward, especially in terms of social media usage? Like you guys have seen on Twitter now, like when information is inaccurate, it says like this information is disputed. I don't know if you saw like everything Trump was like tweeting after, I know this is not a political thing, but like every, like a lot of stuff he was tweeting like after um, Biden was projected to win initially was he kept like retweeting stuff and Twitter kept like marking it as like inaccurate. So he'd literally have a tweet that was like retweeted and it's like, this tweet is disputed due to like misinformation. And now Instagram is doing similar things and yeah. Facebook as well. Well, yeah, Instagram, like, asks you, oh, do you want to repost it? Do you know that this information might be incorrect? And that, but the thing is, like, they don't stop you from posting. You can still go ahead and do it. But they just, like, have that warning where, like, this could potentially be inaccurate. So that, now it's not us to decide, like, how much do I want to trust it? Yeah. Yeah, because then it gets me into the idea of, like, can I even trust Instagram? Like, because going back to the, the Wayfair thing, they were saying that information was inaccurate. Mm -hmm. So, like... Is it or could also Instagram, like they could be paid by big companies that don't want certain information out there too. So who's like, that's the thing, like who's to say what to believe in? Yeah, I'd say- And not even saying that it's inaccurate, but saying like it might not be true. Like- I think it's not necessarily Instagram's fault. Um, we actually, so when we were back in Isaac, um, we had like this informational panel with The Economist a couple of years ago. And the whole controversy was like, as a business, should organizations or social media platforms like Facebook, should they be asked to like limit or like make sure that information being spread is accurate? Because I remember there was also a lot of um, uh, misinformation about like, just like, uh, like labor abroad and things like that. Um, and like people were basically putting all these fake posts up on Facebook. It was a huge problem for the election. There's just so many problems with it. And so a lot of people were saying from the business perspective, no, they shouldn't be forced to like limit the, the spread of information or like track down and identify when people are spreading misinformation. Because I think, I mean, I don't necessarily agree with that. But that was a big thing that we were talking about. But I think that um, the biggest problem on social media platforms is it's kind of your, your tunnel vision. So it's who you're following and what they're posting. So if all you're following is the same type of people and you just see the same information over and over again, you're gonna believe that it's accurate, even if it's not. And like, how can an agency whose main purpose is profit? And we always knew like the main purpose of like social media platforms that are free for you to use. Obviously the business is trying to profit, right? So they're trying to create a platform where you can share information, but should they then go in and like take down fake, fake, information like they're not even gonna even with like bots and and algorithms they're not gonna be able to track everything right yeah. and remove everything so how do we know what's accurate like how do we how do we tell business how to determine what's accurate and how to change this information i don't know it's crazy messy it's so messy oh, also i just wanted to like go back and clarify so the the save our children thing i was talking about the original agency was QAnon. that's what it's called I think it's oh QAnon. my god yes yeah, yeah. I said Anon, but it's oh my god yeah. there's like a whole discussion in my um my job about QAnon. it was crazy really well you're talking about it sounded so familiar not like in support of it at all we were just no like no no i'm just saying i'm surprised you meant your job mentioned it oh my i think yeah my job talks politics like crazy which i don't know if it's always oh. like crazy, but yeah like, I, I think it's very clear that a lot of people are like supporters, like democratic. 
Yeah. We were like talking about like the election and all that stuff and somebody brought up QAnon and we were all like, that shit is crazy. Literally, it's insane. But the fact that it's so easy for something like that to happen, this is not the first time this issue, like something like this has happened. And it's just like, we're, and the thing that's also crazy to me is like, not a lot of people know about it right now. But this is the only time, like probably in our lives, where we'll have like so much free time to ourselves and like time to like peruse the internet and learn this stuff. So when we go back to our busy lives, like how many more instances of this is, are going to be happening that we won't be aware of? Yeah. I think the first mm-hmm. like experience I had with like fake news was with the, um, I don't know if you guys remember, it was so long ago with the guy Coney. I forget his, his first name. Where they were talking about like, which uh, he was a real person and like what he was doing was legit. But the company that was like working to end um the genocide that he was causing in what country was it again i forget i forgot but i know what you're talking about yeah that company was like not legit at all and people were like sending mass donations to them and everything like that and i i think i even sent something because i was like this is an insane issue and i wanted to like, contribute to it but then like i think a few months after people found out that it was all just like a huge scam and like none of the money was going to the children and none of the money was going to like help the situation at all and that was like my first taste of fake news. And that was years ago before the internet were, was where it is now. So I can only imagine like what's going on that we don't even know about at all and what's gonna happen years from now. Cause I was talking to my parents as well and they were telling me how when they growing up, they only had one news channel and they lived in Zimbabwe as well. So I don't know if that's a, something that contributed to it, but they only had one news channel and like at nine o'clock that channel would turn off completely. And that was like the end of the news for people. And so people all had the same source of information, but now we all have like 20 different news channels and 20 different sources of media that we can get information from. So I can only, like you're saying, Anne-Marie, I can only imagine like what it's going to become, like even a year from now. Yeah. So my personal opinion, although I, like, I'm not an expert or anything, I think we need more than one news source, right? Because if you have one news source, it's obviously going to be biased. Like it's almost impossible to remove bias from the information you're sharing. Yeah. I think there needs to be like a handful of news sources that are not not like completely monitored by the government, maybe like a private agency or some sort of like federal organization. It needs oh. to like monitor somewhat like the information, at least from like the federal level. Like there are too many news sources right now. And like, we know some of them aren't accurate, but for other people, they think that like, like the news sources you watch or listen to are not accurate. So I just feel like there needs to be some sort of regulation, which I know is hard in a democratic nation, but I do feel like it's very problematic that yeah. there's so many sources and we're just constantly like bombarded with news and we don't know what's accurate yeah and only like certain stories are getting like national attention other things aren't like once the news cycle goes past it like that's it and so it's it's just so difficult to find information that you need and also like we shouldn't be going onto the news and be scared after like what we're seeing like we should be up to date and informed like if you look at the way that they run news in other countries especially like in canada for instance if we're looking at like gun reform and gun laws for instance in canada like the news is not I mean, also, like, I'm assuming, like, not as much crazy stuff happens in Canada. I don't know. I could be wrong. I'm not Canadian, but, um, uh, on like, the record. She's not <laughs> <laughs> um, like, the information there is shared in a way that's not meant to terrify people. It's not meant to glamorize or, um, yeah, I guess glamorize information and news in the way that we do in the United States in order to get, like, more people to watch because each station is competing, right? So they're trying to get the most amount of views. It's not always about the actual information that they're sharing. And so I think that creates this kind of unsafe atmosphere where people are looking at the news and are afraid. Not only afraid because of, like, what they're seeing, but they're afraid of the unknown. And so they're constantly looking to the news for clarification when it's not always the best source, at least, like, with larger outlets like something we learned from our podcast um I guess we could say her name with Morgan Mullings who is a journalist um in Boston right now I believe is Mm -hmm. that 
local sources are also really accurate mm-hmm. and they're smaller. They have like less of a need to like please people. They're not as concerned about money. They're more about like going out and showing what's happening locally. But again, like even finding those sources can be difficult at times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the news is just turned into entertainment. Like my parents, when they want to like get actual information, they watch like BBC, which is not even based in the United States. Um, but then when you watch like CNN or Fox, it's just like people yelling at each other or like crack, just being really aggressive in the way that they provide information. And then when you watch BBC, it's like a very calm demeanor, even if it's like sad news. That's they're like, British, so they just sound so much more. <laughs> no, no, but it's not even like them sounding sophisticated. It's like the way that they deliver it. It's like, it's not like breaking news, breaking news. It's like not everything is breaking news. It's just like, this is information that you need. Use it how you, you see best fit and whatnot. But in CNN is like chaos absolute chaos and it's like very blatantly biased like i'm a democrat so i enjoy watching it but like if somebody's not a democrat you can very much tell that they're very biased journalists which i don't think is also a good thing to make it that obvious how politically one-sided you are because then people who don't believe the same thing won't watch it either yeah, I think we need to get people who are Democrats to watch Republican sources and people who are Republican to watch Democratic or even just like liberal, conservative, whatever. And, and it's hard because like sometimes you'll see something and you're like, okay, I just, this is not accurate. This is not really. But I think that's the biggest problem is we don't understand other people's perspectives. And as a result, when we sit down, we can't understand their way of thinking and we can't kind of explain ourselves to them in a way that leaves an impact. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just popping <laughs> off. <laughs> I try like I try once in a while to read like uh, Republican sources or even listen to news from like other stations that aren't like like very democratic Mm -hmm. and still like they have I'm not gonna like there'll be some like some ideas that they have like okay like that sounds reasonable that makes sense but then there's other things like sometimes it just takes a bit too far and I guess with the democratic sources as well it could be the same but I feel like if you are on one side and you hear another side that's very radical as well, it's it's very hard to come into the middle with that. So that's I feel like, like I, at least like um when Anita brought up B, 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 BBC, BBNC, like I like watching their their world news, like the one minute of the whole world news, because it's just very objective. Like, yeah, I don't need you to like, be sprinkling in your little this and that and. I just want something that's going to just tell me what's happening and, like, move on. Like, we don't have to stay on, like, some like something horrific for a whole, like, five minutes. Yeah. Just give me the facts, and I'll make my own decisions based on that. Yeah. That also says something about how Americans consume news in comparison to people from other countries, right? So there's a reason, like, people do listen mm-hmm. to BBC. Like, I listen to BBC. My family also really likes Al Jazeera. Um, but there are, like, a lot of different mm-hmm. outlets that, like, in the United States don't watch as frequently. They watch more of like American news outlets, especially for like things that are happening in the United States because they're depicted in different ways from abroad. I think in the United States, we consume news in a a way that's more spectacle based, right? And so it makes sense that things are not always super accurate, that there's a little bit of bias sprinkled into it because this is what we've been consuming for so long is what we're used to seeing. Yeah. I have a question that's a little bit off topic, but connected. So I was having a discussion about how um, if it's if it's the business's um, responsibility or is it consumer's responsibility on like climate change, like who takes responsibility for it? And I think this also fits into this topic as well. Like, 
Is it the people who are consuming the news to decide on um, how they should cons- how they should consume the news and what sources are out there, or is it the businesses that should change and be regulated? So I, I don't know. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Like, just in general, like whose responsibility is it um, for the way that we move forward in society? So from my perspective, I'd say it's the businesses. I think as consumers, we have a choice and we have the ability to make those decisions for ourselves, but it's difficult. Like life gets hard. Life is crazy. Life is confusing. So businesses don't make it easy for us to be like sustainable or um, to consume news in a better way. That's more objective. It's difficult. Like if we're not experts and experts in that area, it's, it's almost impossible to be honest, to be able to figure out what's accurate and how we can live our lives in a better way. So I'd say the businesses are the ones who have the the position and the ability to do these things. So I think it's really up to them. We also, like I said, we can play a part in that petitioning organizations, um, political organizations, also just government agencies and other agencies to kind of push for things that we want and what we believe in and what we want to see. But I think at the end of the day, it's really up to the businesses, but nothing's going to change until I think something happens federally or like some sort of governmental mandate that like encourages businesses to do this because right now we we have capitalism right that's our economic system so businesses best interest is not to do what's best for us it's to do what's best for them and to make money so i don't know i feel like something has to change in the system in like some systematic way if we want to do something better yeah mm-hmm. that's gonna say both because you know as a consumer you gotta try your best like organize like to decipher between what's real what's fake because you don't want to make mm-hmm. the wrong decision and then like okay, cross flipping but also businesses shouldn't <laughs> just shouldn't just just like put out wrong information just to get the clicks and then like make a retraction doesn't get all the doesn't get much traction and be like all bad because then mm-hmm. you just then you're just doing things then you think you're doing the wrong thing and you know you're doing the wrong thing yeah I agree. I think it's I think it's both, but I think it's more on the business than the individual. Because I was talking to my friend who is starting her own like shopping, like online shopping site, and she um, tries to sell like sustainable items of clothing. And what she realizes is that like having having sustainable items, like even if it's not just clothing, but just like the products that you buy in the store, is a luxury because it's so expensive. So, like, if people don't have the means to buy, you know, eco-friendly items, then they won't do it because they're not going to, like, break their wallet to buy, like, a reusable bottle. They can't afford to do that. They need to feed their kid or something. So, I think it falls more on the business to be, like, more conscious in the production of those items as opposed to, like, the consumer walking into a store and saying, like, well, I should buy the $5 the bottle over the $1 one if they can't afford to do, you know, a more expensive option. But then... Then, like, in where you're saying, like, the business also is thinking about themselves and, like, how they can make a profit. So they're less likely to, you know, like, make something cheaper just so that more people have access to it, even though that's a better way to do things. I think a business is always thinking in the mind of, like, profiting more than, like... Even if the things are, what do you call it, affordable, people won't buy it because they want the possession of thinking it's something that other people can get. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there's a question of convenience as well. How easily or how readily available are we making these options to people? So for instance, when they got rid of like 
um, or not, they didn't get rid of it, but when they started charging people to like take plastic bags from the store, all of a sudden people started bringing in like their own reusable bags that they could use to carry stuff, whether it was a backpack, just something they had at home. And so Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's, it's really a question of convenience. And if we make this change, we have to make it for a lot of different people. We have to make it in a way that's accessible to as many different groups of people as possible. Like regardless of socioeconomic status, there needs to be an easy way for people to implement this into their daily lives. Yeah. And it's not going to be something that happens quickly, right? Like something that's going to happen over time. Mm-hmm. No, I think that that's such a good point that you bring about the plastic bag thing. Cause like now when I go grocery shopping, if I don't have my reusable bag, if I can carry the stuff in my hands, I literally will. Like, I'm not going to even pay the five cents. And it's only five cents. Exactly. So, like, what people are going for, they're like, I'm not going to spend another five literally, cents. Literally. Like, I don't I, – that's such a good point because I didn't, I didn't even think about that. But, yeah, if you, like, force people to change the way that they live their lives, they'll eventually adapt to it. Because now I've gotten used to carrying my eggs in my hands in the car. Until you drop mm-hmm. them. <laughs> yeah, but now I'm starting to think, like, I guess because it's not in people's faces, like, thinking about climate change. But, like, you will actually have to change your whole lifestyle mm-hmm. if we don't change the way that we're living now. Even if it's, like, the smallest of things, just being a little bit more sustainable. Mm-hmm. But also, a lot of companies, they switch their business model depending on what people want. So, like, even thinking about people who were vegan and vegetarian in the beginning. Like, if you went to a restaurant and was like, yeah, I'm a vegan in, like, two, like in the early 200s they'd be like um you're gonna have salad (laughs) like but nowadays because veganism and being vegetarian is so much more of a bigger trend because these individual people ask for this uh restaurants change the way that they're cooking now if you go into a grocery store there's a bunch of like vegetarian options and all these other stuff so i think that individuals don't understand how much power we have once we're also a collective and businesses will have to be forced to change because of that so this is weird, but whenever you say veganism, I think of cannibalism for some reason. I have no idea why. It's yeah, opposite. Yeah. <laughs> they're complete opposite. Complete opposite. Wait, this isn't a side like yeah. not at all, but Chanel, Abil and I had our first like vegan meal. We went out to a restaurant and we were both completely or not vegan, it was vegetarian. We had our both we both had like a vegetarian meal like for the first time that I can like remember that I consciously decided to do that. Um, besides like pasta or something but it was really good like we just got a bunch of like vegetarian appetizers I mean I don't think most places are good but this one particular restaurant we went to was so good and I just wanted you to be proud of us oh I am proud thanks <laughs> we had pumpkin ravioli like a Thai noodle salad poutine which might not have been vegetarian but it's depending on the oil but there's no meat in it so I think it's fine and um damn there was something else Oh, and, like, Korean fried broccoli. Mm, that sounds good, actually. It was really good. Yeah. Zeke, mm. have you had vegan food before, vegan, vegetarian? <laughs> well, definitely vegetarian. Yeah, yeah vegetarian. Before. You're vegetarian, Zeke? No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Oh, okay. But, but, go ahead. Well, I had, like, I had the meal because I was, like, it was the restaurant I've never been to before, and that's the only thing I really felt safe to eat. Yeah. it's good stuff like I, th- I think i've had vegan or vegetarian food and not known that like had some stuff that substituted meat and not known that it wasn't actually meat like beyond beef or beyond? oh my god beyond burger it's so good i don't like really? burgers, i don't like it but oh, it's so expensive but oh my god it's so good 
I thought I was okay. glad I haven't had it. Really? I'm I'm in love mm-hmm. with it. I had vegan ice cream. <laughs> Van Lewin's. I tried it once. It's like the really like bougie like vegan ice cream. I hated it. Really? Sam mm-hmm. never been recommending it a bunch. I didn't like it. It was salty. Of course. It shouldn't be salty. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I think you had you heard us mm-hmm. ramble this whole time. We just freaking popped off. <laughs> the phone call. The energy you asked for, Zeke. This is what you signed up for. The chaos of room three two two eight. Random conversation, and I think we delivered. So, yeah. <laughs> like, when did these girls shut up? Never. We never. He looks scared. Are you sick of us? Are we driving you nuts? No, I'm just thinking. I'm also planning. Like, two things I have right now. How's your day been? How's your Sunday going? Uh, I recorded an episode with one of my friends I haven't seen in like four years. Oh, nice. Aww. Good conversation? Yeah, we were talking about like creatives, the marketing. And then he also, it was similar to, we just talked about like businesses, series, like, it's like, I'll show the man some stuff about how like advertising, like, mm-hmm. it's kind of mm-hmm. sucks, like, you're making things for people to buy, and then people sometimes buy, and they don't have the means to buy. Mm-hmm. Also, like, oh, you mean you don't have the means to buy? Yeah, like, you're making things, and like sometimes like advertising can be like predatory. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, you're working in the field, you don't want to be you want to to advertise things that can help people. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. Okay. Other than that, it's just getting ready for this one, and then. Go back to the other stuff I'm trying to do while delivering up this podcast. Yeah. With merch and then the website. Every time you hear the word merch, my I get like chills. I love free hoodies and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll be second. We're going to be following up about our free merch. Oh my God. <laughs> he didn't even say a hoodie. He said like a sweatshirt or something, Anita. No get too happy. I know. Look at me. Ready? Any of my sizes. I guess. Um, Should we let Zeke go then? I feel like we've monopolized his time. What time is it? We've been done in a few hours. (laughs) (laughs) Almost two hours. Wow. That's a lot of editing. You got a lot to edit. (laughs) Thank you so much for having us, Zeke. We really appreciate it. No problem. And last question I have is what would you name your origin stories? What was what? What would you name your origin stories? Oh my. Mm. That's a loaded question. Hmm. Um, it can only be one word, or it can be a phrase. It can be a phrase. Lost and confused. A journey of self-discovery. Oh, you stole one of my words. Just one of the words? <laughs> like a part of the word. It's definitely the word and. No. <laughs> <laughs> Undiscovered. That's what it was going to be. I can't be anymore. Mine's a bestseller. <laughs> Trademark. Undiscovered, yeah. You okay this now? I'm trying to think. This is hard. I'm sorry. This is a lot of silence. 
I think you're going to have a lot of alliteration, like Chanel and her crazy cats. No. Crazy cat Chanel. Okay, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, it's really random. Nothing to do with the story I told earlier, but accents and atonement. Hmm. I like it. Yeah. Nice. What's yours, Zeke? I'm curious. Yeah. In episode I'm four, I said adaptable because that's who I am. Mm. Yeah. Oh, nice. Oh, now I forgot to write a book with this title. <laughs> My memoir. Be out in store soon. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Zeke, for having us. I and I am absolutely like amazed about your podcast and what you've been doing with it so far. So oh, keep up awesome. the amazing work. I'm yeah. Make it up as I go. Thank you so much for having us. No problem. Yeah. We all friends. Yeah, and happy almost birthday. Enjoy tomorrow. <laughs> How old are you turning? 23. 23. He said this. We had this whole conversation at the beginning, Adita. Oh, see, okay. My bad. I think you were talking about you being 23. But you guys were connected oh. to 23. And then I'll be 23. Sure. I'm going to accept the excuse, but <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> I've been blacking out during this quarantine, guys. That brings another episode of the Lucky Eye Podcast to a close. Again, you can find the podcast room 3228 on all major platforms or by clicking the link in the description below. For next week, I have another friend, Lions, to speak about studying computer science and how she got to Pixar. I hope we continue a nice day and I hope to see you there.